literally the best, JT Dunn. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, let's start with the first question. You know, okay. I always wonder why people like to take bumps for a living, why they like to get hurt all the time. What made you want to become a pro wrestler? I'm honestly, I don't even really know. I think I, I still wake up every day and ask myself why I'm chasing this very weird dream. <laughs> um, there's just something about it I'm drawn to. Uh, even in the past year or so, trying to distance myself uh, and get the rest of my life figured out, uh, it just suckered me right back in. Uh, I love the emotion. I love the connection to the fans. Uh, I love the contact in the ring. Um, as you can tell, I'm always throwing my body everywhere. Uh, it's probably not supposed to go and lighting on my head a bunch of times. But uh, I don't know, man. I just love everything about it. I'm surprised you get to create. I'm an artist. I love creating. I'm surprised you changed up your look. You know, everyone's always <laughs> looking at a certain look. I'm surprised you cut your hair. You know, your ponytail, that was a big, uh, like, way people knew who you were. Like, oh, I know that. I know that from a mile away, you know, type of thing. Cutting your hair was very new. It was very unique because you haven't done that in a while. Like, it's been a long yeah. time since we've seen that look. I don't think anybody has ever seen me in wrestling without my long hair. Uh, aside from my, the early, early, like backyard wrestling days, uh, as soon as I started training and I went pro, like I had my long hair, uh, and up until last year, well, now it's probably been since last September. So looking at eight months or so. Wow. All right. So tell us about the first match. Tell us about, cause you know, right now you're a legend in the business and in independent scene, everyone knows your name. No, you're <laughs> laughing, nice but everyone knows your name like it's oh, every company you wrestled for almost every independent company out there i'm sure you can name a few and we'll talk about a few yeah but tell me your first ever match tell me when you were like a young boy in the locker room and you had no idea what to do tell me about that um i <laughs> saw so my first ever live crowd experience um was at a jewish recreational sports center here in providence uh, it was a makeshift show with a bunch of people who didn't really know anything about wrestling, uh, somehow running a wrestling event. Uh, ironically, throughout my career, the perfect place for me to start uh, in hindsight now looking back at it. Um, I broke in with one of my buddies who was just like a, a spectacular athlete. He was just jacked up, 24 abs, dude had cardio that was just like incredible. Um, but there's always been something a little different about me. Uh, I'm just unique. Everything about me is different than everybody else. Um, and that was the way that we started training. Uh, Matt was so fundamental. And I was such, so much more into the stories and the details. And I thought that that would carry me uh, to where I'm at now. I mean, it kind of has. But that first one, I'll never forget it because I was super nervous. I was in Providence, which I thought was a big deal because I'm from here. Uh, nobody cared. <laughs> the fans didn't care. People in the locker room didn't care. I had a very uh, negative reputation at that time because I'm a loud mouth. Uh, but I remember wrestling this guy, and we got through a pretty decent, I, I won't even want to say it was probably like 12-minute match, which I probably should not have been having. Uh, but I dislocated my shoulder on the uh, finishing move of the oh, contest. And I remember it, I remember getting all the way through the match and I had taken some pretty bad, uh, like falls. And again, I, this was my first match. The dude I was wrestling was probably four years in and I was already found myself in a situation of fixing mistakes from him. Uh, like well, I remember I did a leapfrog and he clipped my leg and that sent me tumbling on top of my head at one point, uh, forget his, his own, uh, things that were coming up, uh, lifting me in the air, not knowing what to do with me. And then he's just like, well, he's smaller and just throwing me, uh, 
so the ending was a uh, what would know what is now like the John Cena uh, FUAA finisher, uh, but he lost me on the way down. So when he threw me over, mm-hmm. he turned and like caught me, kind of like a uh, like a Davy Boy Smith power slam. But he didn't frame me properly, and he drove me straight on my head and my shoulder, uh, and my arm just came out the socket. Uh, and I was like 17 year old kid, like, gosh, I love wrestling, man. That was awesome. You can't wait to go back into the ring. <laughs> uh, and then I forgot after the match, like, uh, I just laid there. I didn't know what to do. And I was rolling out uh, and I get in the pads. And, like, the crowd is being nice. I think I used to throw, like, glow sticks in the crowd, just weird things, uh, trying to find myself. Uh, so they were clapping for me. And I forgot that the promoter had me getting attacked after the match. So, like, I have my one arm down. I'm like, High five. And I think like uh, Matt and I's uh, substitute teacher from high school, like came to the show. So I'm like high fiving them. And then this six foot six guy kicks me in the side of the head on the floor. And I'm laying there and I'm like, wow, I completely forgot. I got to go in the ring and take a power bomb now. So with my arm out of the socket, I just let this dude have his way with me. And he power bombed me on my head. And that was uh, my welcome to wrestling. And on the flip side, my buddy ended up having the match of the night. So. <laughs> It's incredible, though. Even after the first match being an insane injury, you still go, you know what? It's one setback. I'm not going to give up. After I heal, after, you know, my arm gets better, shoulder gets better, I'm going to go back in. You know, that momentum, that energy is something else. Yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you, you started talking about how you were like a loud mouth, how, you know, people booed you down. Now it's funny because that's like your character you're a heel in the business you're one of the top heels in the independent scene so it's amazing <laughs> to see you know that they booed you before and they're still booing you now as in the fact that you're still doing the job that you're doing all the way from there you know what i mean that's really awesome yeah it's been tough um i think as a human uh I have very likable characteristics that people can resonate with. Uh, I just enjoy talking to people and I have my bad days where that alters, but this character, uh, and I think that's always been a strong word for me. Um, JT Dunn isn't a character. Like it's just me accentuated, uh, my personality traits, um, each layer of my career, I've just harped on one trait. Uh, and I kind of let the crowd dictate it. I'll let, uh, at the, way back, I'll let uh, other wrestlers dictate it. Like, whatever they thought of me, uh, and I thought was the majority opinion of me, I just ran with it. Why not? People are already thinking that anyways. And if I'm going to need to get over I'm already on track. If they think I'm an asshole, like, okay, here I am, Mr. Asshole. If they think that I'm this genuine, sweet dude, all right, here I am, love me. Uh, and it's worked because I'm just real. Like, I don't, I'm not paint my face like a clown. I'm not dressed up like a cowboy, even though I'm from Brooklyn. Like, I, not that that's a real person. I'm just throwing stuff I mean, out there. Brooklyn. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I've always, in my entire life, like, since I got clean, my, my goal has just been honesty, brutal, brutal honesty. And I've, gotten a lot of things positive from it and a a lot of negatives but that's just the balance of life Uh, at the end of the day i'm able to put my head down at night and sleep knowing that i'm just honest with myself with the fans and and put it really in in their hands like if you like me today great cheer for me if you hate me great do it but i know when the bell rings it's my time to do my job i'm going to elicit the reaction that that is necessary yeah and i completely agree with that i didn't want to offend you in any way by saying characters no sure the reason why uh, I agree with you is because, you know, like I said, I went to the House of Glory shows. I've seen how you originate with the fans. I, I was actually, there. I was at the show, um, I believe it was not No Limit, the one after that. It was, uh, nine something, seven or something. It was nine or seven something. 
And yeah. um, it was like a, a six-man match. And it was you, TJP, Evander James. And I remember someone said, um, let's go TJ. And, and you Broadway. Like, it was a four-way. Yeah, it was a four-way, four-way. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. People were trending for TJ, and you are like, no, guys, it's JT Dunn. While you were freaking beating up on him. <laughs> so it's like, you got that, like, heel kind of atmosphere. And then after, me and you took a picture. You were hella nice about it. It was like you had a conversation. <sighs> so it's like... That's why I mean character. Like, that's your traits, but you're not a bad guy outside. Like, what you do in the ring has nothing compared to what you, you know, do outside the ring. True, so, true. I don't want anyone uh, to think that. Yeah, man. I love House of Glory, too. Uh, I would say I give a lot of credit to Brian and, and, and Red, uh, those guys that I got to wrestle there, because there was a lot of days where, man, uh, I just wasn't feeling wrestling. I'd come off of a bad booking or a bad experience. Experience and somehow I, my bounce back show was always kind of House of Glory. It just happened to be the next one on schedule. Uh, I mean, they've always taken really good care of me, and they kind of uh, they kind of gave me the freedom to just develop myself. And in that atmosphere, I don't look like a guy from uh, Jamaica Queens. Uh, I don't blend in with the atmosphere. But the fans didn't isolate me. They respected my, my work outside of House of Glory around the world. Uh, and then they were kind of like, "All right, time to earn it here." And I think that was uh, one of my happiest accomplishments is getting over with that crowd because you've seen it. You've been in the building. They could boo you out uh, just because they don't like you and your match. Your talent is relevant if they just don't want to see you you're out of there uh so i'm still to this day i'm one of the more requested guys in house of glory uh to fight to wrestle my music hits i know it's me i've done a couple of like surprise pop-up appearances and again man i don't see myself the way that everybody else does uh, i'm just a dude uh but man there's a good feeling though when i come back there and my music hits and i walk out and they're going crazy like not even knowing i was there uh after not being there for a little bit so that that's always been cool man I love that stuff. Yeah, because I remember when I went to the No Limit show, there's a lot of, you know, different emotions that at that show. It was very special for so many reasons. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't know if I saw you on the card. I think maybe there was you versus Smiley on the card, but I don't remember. But then Tommy Jimmer came out. You guys had like a kendo stick battle. You know, that was unexpected. That was unique. Yeah, you shoved the kendo stick up my ass. <laughs> but see, that's the, that's the glory of House of Glory. There's so much amazing talent and so much amazing matches that you can have what a uh, wild match tommy dreamer versus smiley versus jt done like a foot <laughs> but it was awesome like, it was awesome. you never think you'd show up and see something like that and then there it is <laughs> are you excited for when house of glory comes back are you gonna go on the the boat on the road trip with them so as long as i can be a part of house of glory wherever wrestling in your life takes me uh when brian and red call master p calls me uh i'm there it's right, family. Because I want to see you That'll live. That'll never change, man. I'm waiting. I want to see you live. I want to go back. I want to see, you know, crowds. I'm waiting for that. That's why. Yeah, man. And it looks like they got their school uh, really developing over there, the training classes. So if anybody here was watching because they're a fan of uh, you or I, uh, and you're in that area or not looking to travel, man, I couldn't recommend a school more in that area than go see those guys train. Go, go see, I mean, just legitimate legends in wrestling uh, or in that building just teaching you pro wrestling. Go check that out. So what would be your main goal? If House of Glory opens up, what is something that you want to go for? Is there a specific title? Is there a specific match? Because, I mean, you left off both nights with, like, an untold story. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you rode off into the sunset, but you're not done. So when House of Glory does come back, what is something that you want to do or what kind of match you want to have? I am, man, I really need to wrestle Amazing Red. 
at House of Glory. Well, we've done the tag team stuff there before. We've wrestled uh, in other promotions. But I need, there's like, there's something special about Amazing Red. In New York, at House of Glory, there's just, it's the, it's like he finds his youth again. And I don't mean that as if he's old or anything like that. Please don't beat me up. Uh, I mean it as the Amazing Red we watch on the mixtapes and the highlight videos that that youthfulness, that aggressiveness to be the best, that energy is created in that building around him. Uh, I want that amazing red. Uh, so I think that's definitely a goal. Title, no title. I just want to fight red. Um, I will be the House of Glory champion at one point. Uh, that's something I promise you. Uh, and that crown jewel championship is just too beautiful not to have. I mean, I got two shoulders. Why not have two titles? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to slap Ken Broadway soon. <laughs> Well, I mean, TJP's champ right now, so I think after Ken, you'd have to wait in line. But we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. <laughs> so that's, but that's the perk of being JT Dunn. I don't, don't wait in wait. lines. Exactly. I just skip right to the front. Only time I pull my card out. Just here you go. Bam, front of the line. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. So let's go to some fun questions. Tell me the largest me. crowd you ever worked. Tell me the smallest crowd you ever worked. And this is going to be the fun one. Tell me the weirdest place you ever worked. It could be the most sketchy place ever. Like you thought your life was going to end right there and now. Um, smallest crowd, two people. Biggest crowd, probably about 9,000. Here in Rhode Island, we have like the uh, Puerto Rican Dominican Day festivals at the Roger Williams uh, House of Music, which is just this huge open temple. Uh, and man, I just remember finding myself there wrestling Vinny Marcellia one year. And I thought it was like, people would always talk about the numbers. And it's one of those like uh, happy to be here shows, the charity events we're all so familiar with where the charity is made up and nobody gets paid. Uh, but you all get to hang around brother brother so it's worth it uh, but I got to wrestle Vinny there and uh, they tried they tried to kill me <laughs> again I don't blend in with everybody that's uh, going to see their favorites and Vinny was like the cool tattooed guy like did all the cool moves and I'm just talking trash uh, and I remember cowbells getting thrown at me they were ringing they were yelling at me uh, man that was just so much fun there were so many people I remember standing on the top rope uh, and again it was just like an all in an open field and just a ring in the middle of the field with the music down by the temple and I remember standing on the ropes just kind of like posing looking out and it was just like people and people and people and like that was really young in my career for me so that was super super cool uh, and then yeah, the two people <laughs> I think we've all been there brother uh, when you first start out I've had uh, shows where I've become uh, some sort of a name and we travel out there and there's five people in the crowd. Uh, I've never been one to care about that. Like 9,005, whatever, it's the same. Uh, I've never created a moment, create energy. And again, there's so many guys in the locker room where they're just like, brother, there's only five people here. Like greatest hits. Uh, I don't have a greatest hits. I just genuinely create consistently. Um, and I think that's what keeps me in promotions for so long is I just, I never get stagnant. I know. Uh, pay attention to the rest of the card, uh, change your stuff up, stay different, stay unique. Um, and again, who cares how many people are in the building? If it's four people, those four people paid their hard earned money to come watch you, especially now coming out of this, uh, quarantine and post pandemic era of wrestling, uh, these people need money more than ever, and they're going to spend it to come watch us wrestle. Who, who cares how many show up? I mean, I hope it's everybody. But if it's not, we still perform to the best of our ability. Uh, and the weirdest, I wrestled in a strip club bar comic book store in Nova Scotia 
maybe six months into my sobriety. Uh, so that was a very unique atmosphere for me because the building was dark. They had one blue light on the ceiling that kind of like cast a shadow over the ring. Um, the ring had duct tape on it. It had, uh, uh, there was no middle buckles and there was just the rope and it was just a bunch of drunk Canadians, uh, watching me with my pink flamboyant hair run around. Uh, and they're just shit face. I remember they're, the it was like uh, like the, they talk about the PWG pitchers of beer like that's what it was they were just double fisting it drinking hooting and hollering but like you could watch a, a stripper dance get a drink and then buy an X Men comic all at the same time it was a very strange place for me uh, and again I was I was in Nova Scotia away from home like with people I'm not even familiar with not even sure how I even got there like just crazy stuff i mean everybody has the bars and the parking lots and all this other stuff but Not a that, one, that, that one that one always sticks out to me like you can just see naked ladies and naked dudes and just play some video games at the same time <laughs> okay i've never even heard of a comic book store slash strip club so that's already unique <laughs> yeah, to me at this point. It's very very unique man yeah. i mean i actually have the i have to find the link it's in my my youtube like oh, deep deep do. deep in there if you if you ever get a chance to before i upload the video we can have it in the bio yeah it's, it it's deep up in there <laughs> <laughs> and i think that the next day was in a firehouse just a weird weird trip man <laughs> all right so let's talk about your portfolio of wrestling because right? we know Oof. yeah that's gonna be a big one but one of the ones i want to start with is your rivalry with cody I remember the first time I ever saw you was when you hit the promo where you had the Stardust face paint on you. That was, how was that? You know, how, because that's one of those things where it's like, I could do this. I don't care, you know, who sees or what company sees. It's one of those things where you're playing risky lines. How was it doing that? How was it, you know, taking over? Um, there was, it was, uh, it was an experience because Cody, I mean, I wrestled at, at that point i had wrestled everybody mm -hmm. uh former wwe guys the hall of famers that do the rounds and everything like that uh but i had never wrestled somebody who had as much popularity in the moment that i was wrestling them as cody rhodes uh and i knew like i had done the tag team thing for a while and then and then the death by elbow thing for a bit um this was my first shot to be like hey like I am a valuable piece of everything that you've watched before. Uh, there's always been a 50-50 split in my tag team wrestling stuff. Uh, early on, maybe maybe more 80 me, 20 the other guy. Uh, but Death by Elbow definitely was a 50-50. Uh, and coming out of that, I couldn't miss. I, I knew every opportunity. I had to hit a home run. I didn't I didn't want negative publicity. I didn't want anybody being like, he doesn't deserve this. Uh, so I remember just kind of sitting down with Pro Wrestling Magic and saying to them, um, hey, I'm going to piss a lot of people off, um, but we're going to pack this building. Like, what's capacity? And is there a, a restriction on what I can and can't say or do? And I remember them talking to agents and emails and all this other stuff. And in the midst of waiting to hear back, because it took longer than I anticipated, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm patient. But sometimes like when I have the idea in my brain, it just needs to happen right then and there. I'm, I'm not trying to postpone it for any reason. Um, so I filmed that promo in the midst of waiting for them. Um, and then I kind of just posted it by myself because I thought it was perfect. Uh, we did the two versions, the more serious version, and then we did the blooper reel. Uh, where we kind of just had fun with the extra takes and stuff like that. Cause it was 3am when I was 
filming that. It took forever mm-hmm. to paint my face. Um, but man, that was it. That was my uh, my big shot at fame. That was my big shot at letting everybody who was going to watch this match or be watching Cody uh, be watching me afterwards. And I wanted them to, uh, I wanted Cody to feel like, Hey man, if you were really paying attention to the heartbeat of independent wrestling, when you made that list, you wouldn't have put hero's name on it and not mine. Um, you wouldn't have put this guy's name and not mine. Uh, there's a me. That's just my ego. That's what fuels me in those situations. So that I put, I forced myself uh, to have so much pressure. Uh, because that's where I do my best work is when I feel like, okay, it's it. If you if you mess this up, your career is over. Uh, so I kind of put that kind of stress on myself every single match. Uh, and this one times 100. Um, and then he, then I found out Brandy was going to be a part of our angle. Uh, and I hit up one of my buddies and I said, hey, man, I have these orange trunks laying around that I'm never going to do anything with. Um, I'm not really into the custom stuff. So can you uh, spray these up for me, Rick Rude style, and uh, put Brandy's face and, and put Death by Brandy right on the crotch? And he was just like, yo, are you sure you can do that? I was like, oh, man, I, I, it'll be fine. It's whatever. Uh, and, man, when I ever posted the picture of those trunks, it pissed everybody off. Uh, but overall, uh, the match was great. Uh, we put capacity at Pro Wrestling Magic still to this day. It's the most tickets they've ever sold for an event. Uh, and I take pride in that because there's a lot of hard work uh, that goes into it. Uh, doing the promo is one thing, but but keeping up on it afterwards and really promoting is something that a lot of people don't understand, uh, like how much time and effort it goes into. Um, so that was really cool, man. It was a cool experience to get in there with Cody when he was red hot. It was, it was cool for me to get in there and, uh, and just perform at my, at my peak at my best uh, with all that pressure. Uh, and it was really cool that, uh, him and Brandy were super understanding of me trying to get myself over and they allowed me to do so, uh, which was, Something they didn't have to. He could have easily filmed a promo, buried me, uh, ended my career in probably four or five words. Uh, but he let me just run wild with it. And it led to us doing multiple matches, uh, touring in Germany together, uh, eating our McDonald's chicken boxes every, every day, trying, <laughs> trying to keep fueled up. Um, yeah, man, it was just, it was cool. And, th- and those are the things I never will forget because that, uh, now we're connected because of that, that, that moment. And if I didn't take that shot, I would have lost so many opportunities that came for me uh, afterwards. I would have uh, just been shy and bashful and never never did it, probably had a mediocre match, and then Cody would have been like, man, whatever. That's probably why it wasn't on my list. That was incredible. I had I had no idea about that story. Just to hear about all that was interesting because those are the questions everyone's asking, like how, where, when, whose idea. The fact that it was all your idea was very, very, very impressive. And going back to that, is there what was like the worst thing that you did that you're like probably shouldn't, but I'm gonna do it because you know that was when you hit your stride. But now yeah. you've been you've been out there long enough now that you've done so much already. So what's one thing where you're like. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to see what happens, but I'm just going to leave this here and, and go to sleep type of thing. Oh, that was, that, that's uh, a huge list. I know, I know there's a lot of stuff that you can mention. Yeah. I mean, the, definitely the, 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 the one with Cody was, it was a big shot. Uh, where I remember dropping it and being nervous, like, uh, Oh man, if the wrong person reacts to this, like, because we know how Twitter is, uh, if they take offense thinking that I'm really coming after Cody's wife and I'm going to steal her, or I, I really don't think he's talented, whatever stupid thing they want to uh, latch on to. So that one was a little nerve wracking. Uh, 
one of the things, and this is something I, when I used to do a lot of seminars, I would always teach people uh, is, and this is outside of the ring stuff. Uh, if you put it into the universe uh, and you force people to hear it, eventually it's either going to work out for you or uh, the best incarnation of what you're expecting is going to create itself. Uh, and one thing that I'm very proud that I've always done is I've called my shot. Um, I want to test myself against the best. And I think uh, my resume of who I've wrestled uh, is, speaks for itself. But if you notice, too, a lot of those are never just one match. Like with the, the mega stores of wrestling, it's seven matches, eight mm -hmm. matches, 12 matches, 20 matches. Uh, and I think that's something a lot of people overlook is the longevity out of it. I'm not trying to wrestle John Morrison just one time. I'm not going to give him the experience I'm looking for. I didn't want to wrestle Moxley one time, Cody one time, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And the first... The first experiment that I really did with that was in the tag team wrestling world uh, where they, the young bucks were just, I mean, they are the best. Uh, and I wanted to see if all the hype that we had grown onto ourselves over the years was real or not. Because sometimes you can get in there and you can fake it and, uh, and you don't realize it. And you're just like, you just happen to be on a roll. I needed something that was going to put me to the next level uh, and mentally, I needed something that was like, all right, I need to start separating myself from the pack here. There's too many of, uh, when they talk about the best, there's 30 of us. I want them to say the best, and there's only five of us that they name, and I need to be in that top five. Uh, so wrestling the buck, man, I just started calling them out. I started doing their poses. I started doing their moves. Like, literally anything that I thought, man, if somebody did this to me, I would slap the shit out of them. As soon as I saw in real life, I would, I would put the powder in there. I would smack the fuck out of them. And I wanted that emotion because that emotion is what was going to sell out the building we were in. I wanted to sell tickets before anything was even announced. I wanted to put the idea in people's heads before it was uh, out on paper or there was a match graphic. I wanted them cheering it at me when I'm wrestling somebody different. Like I'm wrestling Michael Elgin and I want them to be cheering Young Bucks. Uh, I'm wrestling the Osirian Portal and they're cheering Young Bucks at me. Uh, and that's what I wanted. And finally, one day I just did their pose in the ring and uh, they tweeted back at... Uh, back at us and we're talking shit and i was like bam there it is that's there's your main event of your next big show it's going to sell out and we ended up selling out uh, and then i just continued that recipe uh over years with different people uh and then hero and i did it with the bucks uh, and we get to main event uh a beyond wrestling show uh which was super cool and then that angle that storyline of two of the best teams in the world trying to fight each other led us to uh to wrestle at pwg for the pwg tag titles and like again the ultimate goal was to fight them in my brain at pwg uh for the tag titles because that's at that point that's where the best that's where they are that's their that's their place their match their venue their environment their people there need to take to have that for me as well um so when we got to the beyond match it was super cool to have that moment but i was still missing something i still needed more so i didn't just stop uh just nipping at them and then eventually the call came and bam there was made uh, not made event sorry uh, big match at pwg then we went like 30 something minutes 15 overtime but hey <laughs> how many times have you watched that match do you watch your own matches or no no uh, okay so i definitely do watch my own matches um, I watch it probably about four times. I'll watch it once just to watch it. Uh, I'll watch for uh, reactions based on the crowd, uh, not even for the, the moves, just seeing what gets what. Uh, I'll watch the footwork, and then I'll watch the selling. All right. And have you ever watched a match that you had and you were like,
I can't watch this ever. Like like this match is yeah yeah multiple. yeah. Some of my older ones, I I'm a storyteller, and that's something I think I've lost a lot of uh, just lost a lot of time with because for a few years wrestling just became who can do the most convoluted fucking moves in an 11 minute time period and just undersell, land on your head, get back up, flip the doo and then wh- whatever the hell it was. And I know I sound like an ignorant ass, uh, but that's literally, we, it, I, I'm in the locker rooms. I hear what we're, what we're saying to each other. That's literally what the fuck people would say. Uh, and I fell into that trap. Everybody started wrestling that style, and I just started doing it. And I think it made me more popular in a sense because I can sell and take the moves well and do all of that stuff. And my cardio is through the roof, so like I didn't mind not doing the uh, the selling and everything. But JT Dunn's best best uh, attribute, uh, aside from being handsome, the best wrestler, and all this is uh, and talking is I can sell. I appreciate the art of selling. I I would sell for everything. Um, and now this new chapter of my life, that's what my wrestling is based on. It's based on what I like, what I want for myself. Uh, I just spent too many years letting other people change me and mold me. And, and they're like, oh, to get to TNA, you got to be like this. To get to the WWF, you got to be like this. To go to Japan, you got to be like this. And I just started altering it. And for each year, and a lot of people are always say like, oh, JT, you always changed the way that you were and acted. It's just me letting people manipulate me, I guess, into being what they needed for that show. And then it's just like, okay, we'll do this for three more shows. And now another company saw it and they're like, all right, we want you to do this. And as a wrestler, you want to get paid. We want to travel. We want to have the exposure. So I just did it. Uh, and the shame on me for allowing it to happen for so long. Uh, but now, man, I feel great because I'm, I don't I don't care about losing the bookings. I don't care about uh, anything like that. I need to be me. I need to be the best version of myself. Uh, I have a lot more I want to attain in professional wrestling than I will attain. Uh, but I'm not going to get there if I continue to let other people navigate me through where I, through where I need to go. And uh, that's something that I think a lot of people need to understand. Uh, especially if you're watching this and you're younger and you're looking for ways uh, to get ahead, it's about you. Every, everybody just wants to make a dollar off of you, I promise. Uh, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to make a dollar off of somebody else. It's amazing because that advice goes a long way. Again, you are no kid in the business. You, you're you basically a legend in that business. <laughs> you laugh, but uh, again, I've been up hours, oh, hours of not like days watching your matches. There's never an end. If you go on YouTube and you watch matches, there's never an end. It keeps yeah, going and going and going. I can't, that's why uh, the year 2020 was such a weird year, you know, as you took a break from it, as you, you know, Kind of did your own thing. I mean, did you get married in 2020? Were you? Were you I got engaged. Engaged. Okay. Well, congratulations to that. Thank you very right much. On, of course. So yeah, you've it's been a quite a big year for you in 2020. And um, how has that been with wrestling wise? Because again, we talked about this yeah. before the interview that uh, you took a break from it. How has that been, and why? Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's speaking on the back end of it now. Um, it was everything I needed it to be. Um, I have a very complicated life and a complicated past um, with my addictions and my battles and my sobriety. And there was a lot of stuff that I used wrestling to just escape from. And I just ran away from all of my issues, thinking that eventually it would just lead me to more wrestling, more traveling, more time away. And I would never have to sit back down and be a human again. Uh, and when the pandemic struck, uh, I was a little upset uh, at first because uh, 
there was a lot of things that were about to happen for me WrestleMania weekend uh, of 2020, like a lot of things. Uh, and leading into it, uh, I had things set up that were just evaporated uh, right before me. And this is the second time that's happened in my life. The last was in 2017 where uh, I was getting set uh, to finally leave the independence. And I tore my hamstring uh, and it just derailed me. And that was hard for me to recover from. And then right when I found myself getting it back into a groove and it took me some time, uh, then the pandemic hit. Uh, like I know that's a long period of time, but I did isolate a year of 2018 to stay local. Uh, so after that, sort of traveling again, then it's like, bam, no more traveling. And I had all my matches lined up, big moments and things were going to start getting created, all gone. And I'm like, okay, so I have nothing right now and I need to survive for as long as this goes. Because at the beginning, we never knew uh, what it was going to uh, timetable wise. Yeah. So I told myself, all right, I have two options. I can find a way to navigate through this pandemic and make a huge push because I know nobody else is going to do that. The downside is I'm going to struggle a lot more. I'm going to stress myself out and I'm going to have to sit at home and balance that with my demons. And it'd be the first time I've been at home for an extended period of time where all of those things would be a factor. Uh, so I decided to do the thing I never thought I'd do. Uh, I took time away from wrestling, which I needed to physically, mentally, my soul just needed it. I needed a break from everything, the drama, the bullshit, the, the, just everything. I, I didn't need to be near it. So I went ghost on social media. Uh, I did my Instagram live videos just so I could uh, interact with people because I still feel like I always need that interaction um, more to hear how everybody else is doing than to talk about myself, weirdly enough. Um, but man, through the pandemic, uh, a lot of injuries healed up for me. I was able to eat a bunch of food that I hadn't eaten in 10 years, things that like were just so not in my diet. And for those who have watched my first matches back, November, December, January, you can see I was a, I was a tubby little, a little bastard. Um, but man, I needed that. Like, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, I needed to eat those sugars, those cookies, those brownies, the lasagna, the meat. Like, I needed to eat all those foods because now I have no craving for them. Now I'm back in shape. Uh, it took me a little bit longer than I wanted it to because uh, I, I didn't realize how far I let myself go. Uh, and thanks to all my friends who saw me in my gear and just was like, oh, you look great, JT. You're the best. Jerks. Uh, so, man, I, I needed to. And again, I got my real life in order. So now, like, when I'm not doing wrestling and I'm not out and about and I'm home, I have a home, I have a life, I have a fiance, I have my cat, I have my life in order, my, my bills are getting paid without wrestling, like everything is finally perfect for me. Uh, and I've never had that. And I've achieved success in wrestling for what it is to me uh, with literally like the craziest things waiting for me back at home. Uh, like, and, I, and this is for those who are, who think they may be alone in their battle with sobriety or anything like that. Depression, anxiety here. Um, I am walking it. I am it. Uh, but this year I've learned so much control, this new level of patience, ways to just, uh, just ease my brain when I feel overwhelmed. Uh, and it's, Honestly, the break from wrestling was great because I feel I cleansed everything. All of the things that I was before, everything that I thought I knew, uh, I got rid of it all. And then I would say maybe I started wrestling before I had the itch to really wrestle again, just to see what, what it was like for my body. Um, but then again, in January, I started busting out the tapes, uh, sort of just 
watching film on everybody who was posting links. I still do that right now. Uh, I just scroll through Twitter and the first link I see, I watch it. Uh, so a lot of stuff I, I really don't post about, but I'm, I'm hawking everybody. I just want to see who the best is right now. Uh, and I know that I'm probably right now the best version I've been in quite some time uh, in the ring. Uh, so I want to know exactly whose ass I got to kick next. Well, that's uh, my question. That's actually my question to you because there's so much new talent, so many new names that are coming out of the shadows. And I'm sure you've, like I said, you're the hawk, you examine. Is anyone that you've seen that you want to get your hands on, that you want to, you know, give them a couple years back, want to teach them a lesson a couple years back? Um, right now, I would say guys like Daniel Garcia, uh, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, Ace Austin. Uh, I want to wrestle these guys. Um, one, I have a good uh, relationship with these people. We have interesting stories of how we've met, uh, my influence on their career, they're on mine. Um, for example, we'll use Daniel Garcia since he was the first one to pop into my brain. Congratulations. Uh, Daniel used to sell my merchandise before he became an independent wrestler, before he became a pro. Uh, and I remember talking to him about him starting his journey into wrestling, uh, pointing him in the right directions, and now watching him blossom into a superstar. Uh, he has something that I want. Uh, he has the Limitless Wrestling World Championship. Yeah. Daniel, uh, I know this is a, a podcast interview where I'm supposed to be talking about myself. I'm going to talk about you for a second because this is real. I think you're very talented. I think you're amazing right now. But I want you to understand, as soon as the phone rings and I'm going back to Limitless Wrestling, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. The same way you've been doing to everybody else, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to remove that championship from your grasp, and I'm going to beat the shit out of you again. See you soon. You can clip that. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. But that is <laughs> no. I got. It. I mean, I got chills listening to that. I'm, I'm over here like I hate that I have to be. I want to fight. I want to fight the best. Wrestling is the realest form of fighting in my life. I need to be in there beating beating somebody, and I need them to fight back. I I, I just need that, uh, and that's why matches that I used to have with guys like Martin Stone were so important to me. Uh, Danny Birch for those NXT fans. Um, Daniel reminds me uh, of him, uh, the, and I can just feel the chemistry in just, weirdly enough, just watching him wrestle um, and the conversations that we've had over the years. Uh, so wrestling, like I said, to the younger talent, to the guys who are confused right now, say it out loud. Just say it out loud. What's the worst thing that could happen after you say it out loud? It happens. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Imagine saying, I'm going to fight all these guys, and then I go and fight them. That, that'd be something. You know, I mean, I would love to see it. If that actually happens, I'll fly out to wherever the show is coming out to watch you versus Daniel Garcia. Mark my words. I'll fly out <coughs> for that match because I want to see Perfect. that. And I'll definitely post that clip because we, we got to. That's gold. Hell right? yeah. We have to do that. Uh, let me insert one other guy whose ass I need to beat because uh, I don't really do the podcasting thing too much. I love it. So, you should. You're, hey, you're, you're quite good at it. Hey, Danny Limelight. Um, uh, man, Miente, uh, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. I don't care where it happens. Uh, man, <laughs> for years, Danny Limelight has been asking to fight JT Dunn. And I continue to tell him the same thing. 
when JT Dunn's back, when he's ready, when that person that you're looking for is finally here, you're going to get your match. I'm going to speak it out into existence again. And like I said, I don't care who calls first to make it happen. First phone call wins. Danny, you haven't stolen a show until you've wrestled JT Dunn. In every show we've done together, you've been the second best on that roster because I'm in the same locker room as you. And you're chirping online on the old Twitter machine, and you're saying that you're the best. Well, Danny, it's time to prove it against the actual best. Your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler is still me. Miente, por favor, step up. You're going after everyone. You know, I, I got one name for you. I want you to hit a promo on this guy because this guy's been talking. Oh, boy. oh yeah. I, see, that, that's what you don't want. But I want to see you versus Leo Rush. You know, you both you both are in at the same time. You both came, you know, around the same time. He's now all over the independence scene as he got, you know, he left the chains. Now he's broken free. Now he's doing whatever he wants, thinking he owns everything. Well, I would love to see you versus him anywhere. I am so... One of my favorite matches ever is against Leo Rush. Um, we had it in North Carolina for PWX. They were running a war game show. I remember Hero wrestled Cedric Alexander on the same show. Um, it might have been Leo and I's second time ever wrestling. I believe our first one was here in Providence at XWA. Um, but this match sticks out to me because it was just what pro wrestling is about two young hungry dudes trying to prove to the fans the locker room uh, each other and themselves how talented we really are and being able to create on, a, on this huge platform um the show is on, on the high spots network that you asked me if i watch matches back every time i need to feel good about myself this is one of those matches i definitely go back and check out um the name of the show is slipping my mind right now um, it is probably from like 2017, uh, may maybe even before that, maybe 16. Uh, but you can search JT Dunn, Leo Rush. Watch it. Do yourself a favor and watch it. And watch me have, oh, man, just I'm thinking about, I'm thinking of the, the, the spots are running through my brain from the match. Um, and Leo was still relatively new, and I was still tag team wrestler doing random singles booking so my brain wasn't fully focused on being uh, the best version of me i needed to be the best death by elbow and, and also myself um man i would love to wrestle leo at this point uh, i think i've grown obviously he's grown he's moved on and learned uh many many things that he applies to his work and his craft now uh, the most important thing for leo that i've always enjoyed about him uh, and some people dislike it uh is confidence I, I wish uh, if I could go back to the beginning of my career, I would have never stopped talking shit. Uh, I let a lot of people silence me and, and to the point where I felt like if I was talking about my own accolades or uh, just talking trash, because that's what I'm good at is just riling people up. Uh, it made me feel like I was being belligerent and uh, overconfident and cocky and arrogant. Uh, I'm, I don't possess those qualities. My, my confidence is backed up by facts uh, and proof. Uh, and again, if you doubt me, let's pause the podcast for a second. What's the worst JT Dunn match you can think of off the top of your head? Worst moment. Go. You, everybody watch and think of it. I mean, I have it. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you can't think of one. That's the entire point. You can't think of one. That's why I'm literally the best. Ten years, ten years span, 
of wrestling that I thought I was awful at and wrestling that I thought I was the best at. And in between that, you can't find a bad JT Dunn match. I've never looked down on an opponent. I've never not taken anybody seriously. There's people I'm supposed to go out and squash, and then I come back to the locker room and I get yelled at for giving them a 25-minute match. I just love wrestling. And that's what I love about Leo. So, Leo, I don't really have a promo to cut on you. Uh, I'm sure if we ever get you to respond to this, uh, I'll have more to say to you. Um, we haven't spoken in a while. So I guess let's start with congratulations on everything, and I'll see you soon, dude. All right, sweet and simple. I like it. Short, sweet, and simple. All right, so, you know, one of the things that I love to ask a lot of my guests, and it's for the new fans mm -hmm. out there who aren't sure who you are, but like you said, everyone knows who you are. It's impossible for them. No, to I didn't say that. You said that. We, we know it's true. <laughs> why, why do we have to lie to the people? Let's not lie to the people. So... What are the three matches that you want everyone to check out? We already said Leo and you was one, right? You would put that in the top yeah, three? I would say, yeah, man, there's, man, that's tough. Hey, man, I, I'm not I asking always, you your favorite wrestlers. I'm just asking you what your three matches. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I hate that question more than anything. Um, it's tough for me to limit them because it really depends on the story or uh, I just have different matches for different moments in my life, like different periods of, uh, or incarnations of myself. Um, so I always say it right off the rip, my first match ever with hero from beyond wrestling, uh, I believe it was called critically acclaimed. It's probably my favorite match I've ever had. Uh, it's the only match I ever dreamt of having, uh, as weird as it is. Uh, I, I guess well, two matches cause I hit him and punk. So like when I wrestled the hero, uh, man, that was it for me. I, I honestly, my career could have ended at that point and I would have been happy because I, I don't know. My goals are always different than everybody else. Like I'm searching for different things through pro wrestling and all this money and Twitter followers. I'm, I just want to be the best. Uh, and you're, you can't be that on Twitter. You got to be it in the ring. Uh, and Chris showed me that uh, and humbled me because I thought I was really talented at that time. And I was, but there was a, a different level of talent that I didn't know existed. And I was uh, exposed to it that night uh, and humbled and, and grateful. And everything that happened afterwards is, has been a blessing for us. Uh, so shout out to Chris, my man. Um, I had this match with Matt Taven. I bring this up a lot too. Uh, Ring of Honor World Championship uh, at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in front of like 3,000 people for Northeast Wrestling. I was supposed to wrestle Ray Phoenix that night. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, Ring of Honor was kind enough to let me borrow Matt for the night and fight for the championship, knowing that uh, I could go in there and mess up all their plans for the next four pay-per-views. Um, unfortunately, I didn't dethrone the champ, uh, but I had one of my favorite matches at that point. Uh, Matt and I have a very unique backstory, uh, and I think that has turned our respect for each other into something very different. Um, we have this wanting to one-up each other, but also bring the best out of the other person uh, in, in our matches. And that was probably the best version we could have of it. Um, and it was super cool that the some of the wrestlers that were there, the big names, when we got to the back, they were able to dissect the match for me with very positive critiques uh, for going 26 minutes and stuff like that. Uh, so when you get back there, and the Moxleys and Pentas and stuff are telling you how good you did, and it's not the Joe Schmoes who are just trying to get free bookings off of you. Uh, it always correlates with you more, resonates, and it lets you know that what you're doing is, is proper. Uh, so shout out to Matt for giving me that banger of a match. Uh, man, I could feel like I could go on and on and on. Uh, <laughs> that is there true. is... 
There is one match that I wish would see the light of day. It was Death by Elbow versus The Colony. Uh, it happened at Russell Jam in Connecticut. It was the Green Ant and Fire Ant. Uh, and man, I don't know. I have like a private link to it somewhere. Uh, but I wish that match would have hit. There were so many things that I wish I did that wrestling promoters didn't sit on for five years and then release as like a throwback Thursday video. Uh, and I've always said that if the stuff that I've done over the years was actually released to the fans on the internet and the moment that it happened, I would have been signed seven years ago. Uh, cause there was like hype train after hype train after hype train. It's just, everybody wants to make a dollar off their DVDs. Uh, and it takes a month to make a DVD and, and independent wrestling after a month, it's hard to stay alive after a month. So and the guys who are hustling know what I, what I'm talking about. Somebody's going to fall off a building. They're going to get them, light themselves on fire or something. And they're going to forget about your match because there's a million views. Uh, but those are some of the ones that pop into my brain. I loved all my matches with guys like Martin Stone and Dijak. Uh, those were always cool. Um, some of the work I'm doing at Chaotic Wrestling with Davey N, uh, that's a lot of, a very, very fun for me uh, at this time. Uh, I, mean, I had a, a banger with Christian Casanova before he left uh, and went to NXT. Shout out to my boy, Kilanova, Young King right there. Y'all don't know about Christian. Uh, he's, he's the GOAT. And y'all are going to see very, very soon. When they give Christian the opportunity to just be free, man, he's going to be the best wrestler down there. Uh, So, man, love you, miss you, do us proud. Uh, So that match with Christian, I wish I was in a little bit of better shape for. I was a little pudgy that match, and he showed up all brolic. Um, So that that was a good one. All of our other stuff from before was great. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't really have matches I look down on. Uh, Everything is a learning experience, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, And I think what keeps me being me is the ability to fix mistakes as they happen in the ring. Uh, It doesn't matter if they're like a student, brand new to the game, um, or if they're a legend. Myself included, we all make mistakes. Uh, And the best dance partner is one who is going to hide that for you and uh, make you look great as opposed to exposing them and you fall on your head or let the crowd laugh at you or anything like that. Uh, So, yeah, man. I don't know. Y'all watching, tweet at me. What's your favorite match of mine? Tell me. Let me I don't I don't watch everything, so let me go back and watch my stuff. Tell me what to go watch. Or to the other question about who the guys I should be wrestling, uh, tell me. Who do you want to see JT Dunn wrestle? The best version of me is right now. I want to wrestle the best version of somebody else. Point me in the direction, I'll hop on a plane and we'll go. All right, you all heard that. All right, so I wasn't going to ask you this, but as we're talking, it just popped into my head, and it's a great question. Okay. You know, like I said, 2020 was a hard year. 2021 is, you know, very different than every other year. It's such a interesting year. So a lot of people are offended about a lot of things now. Certain heels can't be heels. They can't do a lot of things because they're afraid that it might offend someone else. Your background, your history, you know, you don't care about that. But now we're at this type of era where it's called cancel culture type of thing, where you could lose your career, lose everything by one wrong promo or one wrong thing where someone feels like it's offensive. How are you going into wrestling now and doing your, you know, everything that you do, having that on your shoulder? If you even think about it, maybe you don't even think about it. Uh, I mean, I think it's impossible not to be in the back of your brain. Uh, Luckily, I don't really put myself in stupid situations. Uh, and again, the JT Dunn character, uh, <laughs> I'm just better. Than, the I'm, I'm the best. 
Uh, so I don't know how you would really prove me wrong. Um, I don't my, my trash talking and everything like that is just dictated based strictly in the ring. I don't give a shit what somebody does outside of the ring. Like I'm not following you on Twitter or, or anything to see like how many cats and dogs you have. I'm, I'm trying to keep track of who the best is. Uh, and that's really where my energy, my motivation uh, all comes from. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of avoid that stuff. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't fat shame people or anything like that that I've seen other people do and get negative attention on it. And certain words, I just don't use in my real life. Why would I use them in wrestling? Uh, other than that, man, I just strictly, I'm just me. So it's like, I'm going to talk my trash. I'm the best. That's what you're going to hear me say. You're going to hear me say it a million times over and over and over. I'm never going to stop saying it until I meet the one person who just embarrasses me. And then I go, oh, wait, that guy's the best. I haven't met that guy yet. Uh, you're the guys who you think are the best. I've wrestled them, and at the end, they shake my hand, they look me in the eye like a man, and they go, "Damn, you're the best." You can't really take that away from me. So why would I not say that? I don't really have anything else to talk about. Like all the guys that are everywhere in the world right now—the NXTs, the WWEs, the AEWs, New Japan—like uh, the majority of them, I fought them, and in one world or one state country they've shaken my hand and looked at me and in front of a million people have been like you're the best you're right i am i love it i love to hear that all right so one question i've been dying to ask and i'm sure you've had tweets get and this and that death by elbow you know now that hero is also you know not chained up not you know doing his own thing with the corporate you know what is going <laughs> on there because tag team wrestling is the hottest it's ever been there's so much out there when are we going to see you guys reunite and you know get some tag team gold i think it's about time i think we waited long enough oh man all right um let me uh did you, know the the right... up? did you know this question was going to come up during this interview when when you said that were you like he's probably going to ask me this no actually no i didn't uh i didn't think that so now that's why i'm trying to combat you here with perfect verbiage um okay so let me start with this. The most fun I've ever had in professional wrestling has been traveling the world with Chris and doing the death by elbow tag thing. Uh, the fact that I turned somebody I idolized into a friend and a tag team partner and just a mentor for me. And in reality, we went on to become one of the best tag teams in the world of professional wrestling. Like that right there is the craziest thing. My, my brain still can't process it sometimes that in my real life, those things happened. Well, I'm like, I had it written down in a notebook from when I was like 16. One day I'm going to team with Chris Hero. I'm going to meet him. We're going to be friends, LOL. And then that happened. Like, I don't know, man. I know it, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on it, but it's like, I wish it out into the world and I did everything possible to get to that point. And then I got there and it ended up being the best experience of my life. Uh, so for those who are chasing something that may seem a little crazy, go for it. I, everybody told me I was stupid and crazy for trying to just fight Chris. And I fought him so good. He was like, Hey, let's be a tag team. Um, so now moving into wrestling happening currently. <laughs> trying to, okay. Go for it. Nah, I go for it. Um, I don't know when, I don't know how it will happen because wrestling won't allow it to not happen. That makes sense. We, Chris and I, we love wrestling. Uh, 
on a level where no matter where we go or what we do in our lives, we're going to be brought back to wrestling. I'm where I'm at right now, and I feel great. As soon as Chris says, hey, I feel great, or as soon as one of these tag teams uh, messes around and leaves the door open, uh, we have to remind everybody in the world exactly who the best is. Because think of your measuring sticks, the best tag teams in wrestling. And top of the list is always going to be Young Bucks, right? Dark Order, guys like that. We beat them. We've already proven we're, we're as good, if not as great, if not better than them. So with all the new teams on the horizon, it only makes sense for Death by Order to reunite and go have some fun. Tag team wrestling is my favorite thing. I love tag team wrestling. Nothing would make me happier. I know everybody wants a straight answer. It's going to be June 4th here. <laughs> I, I don't have that answer for you. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Chris and I both needed to grow in life uh, from what he was going, what he was dealing with in his life and what I'm dealing with. And soon there's going to be a point where both of those things meet again. It's already happened before. It's destined to happen again. Uh, and when it does, I know that I'm more prepared now than I ever was back then. Uh, there was a million things I would have changed early on in my relationship with Chris uh, that now I'm just ready to be the best. And he is the best. Uh, that's the only person I will say is this the best. This, the GOAT. Legend. You want to put legend in front of somebody's name? You put it in front of Chris Hero. The greatest of all time. The knockout artist. Chris Hero. Simple as that. So I have to ask, and you know, never want to say anything bad about companies or what they do. How do you think they took the legend, Chris Hero, in WWE? How do you think he was used? Because, you know, you call him the legend, you call him all that. If, let's say you're a WWE mark who doesn't you know, live up to the independent scene, doesn't know about it. That was your interpretation of who Chris Hero is and what he does. How would you feel about that, the way they treated him? Um... Well, I think if you're a real wrestling fan, uh, in the context of being a real wrestling fan, you kind of can look past the storylines and uh, the dirt sheet stuff. I mean, all that's hearsay as it is. If you're a real wrestling fan, you watch when the bell rings. That's what matters the most. Uh, and I think even throughout his tenure there, he put on incredible performances. Uh, it didn't matter that it was... Uh, it didn't matter that it, they were limited or anything like that. Uh, his performances were impeccable. Uh, if he had two minutes, it was the best two minutes you can get. If he had 12 minutes, 20 minutes, if he had this opponent, that opponent, if the job was to make the other person look like they're the best wrestler in the world, you cannot deny the fact that he was in there and he was a professional. He did everything that, that you could possibly do. Um, however, if you experiment a little more like a wrestling fan should, uh, and you know the world isn't limited to just the WWE and the NXT universe. Uh, search him, please. If you are unfamiliar and you only know Cassius Ono, the best thing you can do with your day is just YouTube search Chris Hero Enter and just thank me later. doesn't even matter where you click on first. Just thank me later. Tweet at him. Tweet thank, him. thank him. Tweet him. Oh, that's awesome. All right. And... You know, here's another question that I have to ask after hearing your answer to the whole death by order. What company? Where the town? Like, if, if I had to give you every company right now, big, small, does not matter. Pick one that you think has the greatest tag team divisioner that, you know, the by order will eliminate in minutes. 
then I feel like the traditional answer is to pick one. Um, instead, let me flip the script on you. How about all? How about all? How about we walk into Ring of Honor, TNA, Impact Wrestling, go to AEW, is an NXT? What, what does it matter? I want to fight the best. If, if a company has a tag team that they think is the best, I want to fight them. If they have somebody who they're considers themselves the best, I want to fight them. I, I don't care about the company. Uh, obviously, a bigger platform would be incredible. Uh, there's very talented wrestlers in AEW right now, uh, and that's always the first that pops into my mind, as I do have a, a lot of friends within the company. Uh, man, I would love to walk in there with Hero and just put on a clinic I would love to go there and learn. I would love to go to Impact and learn. There's talent there that would teach me stuff. Uh, there's tag teams there that Chris and I could have absolutely incredible matches with. Uh, and I'm not opposed to going to a company that uh, needs the needs the help, I guess, or needs uh, the hard workers, uh, somebody to walk in and make an instant impact. And they're just dedicated to taking that company to be number one. If you're looking for that guy, I'm right here. And if you're looking for that tag team, it's death by elbow. Awesome. Awesome. I know. I love it. I love how we ended it there. Let's stop right there. Let people go learn. Tell them where they can follow you. Tell them how they can support you. Twitch stream everything. Tell us how we can just, you know, hang out, talk. All right. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Uh, at DJT Dunn on just about every form of social media. Uh, unfortunately, I have a very busy schedule at this time. So the Twitch streams have uh, have been ceased for a little bit, but I'm hoping to clear up some time and get back to that game with the fans and, and the other wrestlers and everything, as that was so much fun for me during the pandemic. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my boys right now uh, that have been keeping me afloat coming out of this pandemic. That's my man, Trigger the OG, Danny Miles. Uh, in Chaotic Wrestling, you know us as the unit uh so if you're unfamiliar with them please do yourself a favor and look them up as well uh triggers the person who helped train me and break me into wrestling uh and now we're, we all kind of find ourselves uh, together here at this point in our career uh but if it wasn't for those two guys man it would have been very hard to pull me out of my house coming out of this post uh <laughs> pandemic era uh but like i said at the jt done on everything uh let me let me leave you with this, wrestling aside. Uh, today, I celebrate nine years uh, into my sobriety. I actually kind of forgot because uh, time just kind of keeps on slipping by here. Uh, but I sat down before this interview and I happened to open my phone and look at the memories. And it was like, oh man, of course. You're sober today. I'm, this is the basis I've ever made in my life. And I'm not anti-drinking or anti-drug or anything. Like I'm not going to push propaganda down your throat. All I'm going to say is uh, if you need help, it's out there. Please, please get the help that you desire because nobody in this world wants to see the world without you in it. Do whatever you can to find that help and let us help you beat those demons. Nine years of sobriety in my life, having control, I've accomplished so much and there's still so much more I want to do. But the most important part of me getting sober is being able to help other people. Wrestling is just the greatest platform I can ask for to be able to continuously do that. And although I don't tweet about it and Facebook about it or talk about it uh, on lives, I'm constantly in private messages and talking to people off the books about how to better their lives. So please, that that's something I, uh, I talk about frequently at the end of podcasts. If you need help, if you're feeling lost, if you're in trouble, if you just need somebody to vent to, my DMs are always open. Please come to me. And if it's not me, uh, the person you've been thinking about messaging, message them. Let them know that you're in trouble uh, or, you're, or you're fighting a battle that you don't think you can win. Uh, as somebody who has been in those battles continuously, and we fight every day. You don't just get clean and it ends there and you're like, oh, hooray, it's 4,338 days. Uh, it's a struggle every day. 
I'm here for you. He's here for you. We're here for you. Uh, love is love. Sobriety has been incredible for me. Uh, not everybody's as intense as, as, as the issue, uh, as being an alcoholic or a drug addict. Um, people just need to gain control. Mm-hmm. Just love yourself, man. Love yourself. Awesome. That was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Again, go home, go, click on your computer, click on your phone, whatever you're on, and just watch everything that he just told you to do. Chris, you know, <laughs> JT done everything. Go examine it and tweet him. He would love it. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Appreciate you.